Hi, my name is Jackie Marcel, and I serve here at Heights Baptist Church in the children's ministry. Thank you so much for joining us online. If you would like to connect with us, we have a Facebook page, Instagram, and our website, which is heightschurch.org connect. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have a Bible with you today, I'm going to invite you to open it uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So 1 Corinthians 15 is where we'll be. So whether you have a paper Bible in your hand or an electronic copy, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 uh, is where we are today. We have been moving through 1 Corinthians over the last uh, several, several months. Next week, uh, we are going to wrap up uh, 1 Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. But today, we are going to finish 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So we're going to pick up in verse 50. And if you don't mind, let's stand together as we read the Word of God. And we are going to start in verse 50 and read on down to verse 58 of 1 Corinthians 15. The Apostle Paul says, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall all be changed. Look at what he says in verse 53. It says, for this perishable body must put on the imperishable, this mortal body must put on immortality. When this perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? He says in verse 56, the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He concludes this section in verse 58 with these words, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. And this is the word of God that he has given to us, the people of God. And let's thank him for that. And you may be seated. You know, in the world of professional wrestling, yeah, I know. I haven't done a wrestling illustration in a long time. Just go with me here, okay? So in the world of professional wrestling, if you don't know this by now, I'm about to really break the fourth wall for you. Uh, it is all planned and staged, okay? Audible gasp on some of that for some of you, all right? So in the world of professional wrestling, what happens is in the back, when the match is about to take place before the match, you have what's called a booker or an agent. And so the booker will then sit the two wrestlers down and says, hey, you're going over tonight. You're going to win. You're going to lose. And so then what the three of them do is then they plan out the match. And so the two wrestlers will figure out, here's how we're going to do the finish. And then they will come up with a loose outline of how the match is going to take place. And they'll go over different moves and different spots that they're going to have in the match. All right, so when they go into the ring and the bell rings and the match starts, understand this. The winner of the match is not wrestling for victory. He already knows he's won. The winner of the match is wrestling from a position of victory. This is how this relates in your life. As a Christian, you wrestle with death on a daily basis. As a believer in Jesus Christ, you are not wrestling for a victory over death. 
As a believer in Jesus Christ, you are living right now in wrestling with death every day from a position of victory. So what the Apostle Paul is writing all through this chapter in chapter 15 is about death, about the resurrection of the believer. And the issue within the church was that they had people who said, yeah, we believe that Jesus died on a cross. We believe Jesus rose from the dead, but then there is no general resurrection of the dead. And Paul's been saying, no, those two things are linked together. If Christ rose from the dead, then you as a believer in Jesus Christ have a resurrection from the dead. So last week, Jonathan walked us through that passage on how the resurrection works, but now Paul's concluding the spot saying, listen, this is a necessity. For you as a believer in Jesus Christ, the resurrection from the dead in your life is a necessity. So today, let me give you two truths and then three action points that I want you to know and do in your life as a believer in Christ. So here's the first truth. You need to know today that as you live and wrestle with death, you are living and wrestling from a position of victory. Here's your first truth. First truth is this, that you need a resurrection. You need a resurrected body in your life. You need a resurrected body. All of us as believers in Jesus Christ, we need this resurrection to happen one day. I want you to pick up in verse 50. Paul writes this. He says, I tell you, brothers. So again, he's talking to believers in Jesus here. He says, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. So when he talks about flesh and blood in verse 50, he's talking about your body now. This body that we have, this decaying body, this body that breaks, this body that's going to die, this body that gets sick, this body infected with sin cannot inherit the kingdom of God. The way your body is now as a believer in Jesus Christ, Paul is saying is perishable. And the perishable cannot inherit the imperishable, meaning you cannot inherit the kingdom of God in the state you are in within your body as a believer in Jesus Christ. Because notice what he says in verse 51. He says, here's a mystery. We all now shall sleep. We're going to all be changed. When's that going to happen? When does that resurrection for the believer in Jesus Christ happen? When are we going to be changed? Paul says, verse 52, it's going to happen in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. He says, when that trumpet says, the dead will be raised and the imperishable shall be changed. So notice what he's saying there. That when Christ comes again, we've talked about this through this chapter, when Christ comes again is when the dead in Christ will have that resurrection. That's when your body's going to be changed. When Christ comes again, those who are alive in that moment as Christians, their bodies are going to be changed. How long does that process take? How long is it going to take for your resurrected body to be there? How long? What does he say? It's in a moment, right? It's twinkle of an eye, snap of a finger, a blink, a nanosecond, right? But notice the continuity. Your body is going to be changed by Jesus when he comes back. And whether you're alive or you've already died, you get that resurrected body. But here's why that's important. And here's why Paul is really pressing that point. And you need to remember that truth in your life today that you need that resurrected body. Because look at what he says in verse 53. He says, for this perishable body must put on the imperishable. 
this mortal body must put on immortality. Because when the perishable puts on the imperishable, the mortal puts on immortality, and then shall come past the saying, death is swallowed up in victory. Think about it this way. When we send an astronaut out in space, and that astronaut's going to do a spacewalk, the astronaut's body is not made for the atmosphere of space. So when that astronaut gets off the shuttle, is going to do a spacewalk to maybe, you know, they're at the space station, they have to put on a protective suit because our bodies are not created to survive in the environment of space. So Paul is saying something transformational has to happen in your body as a believer in Jesus Christ to inherit the new heaven and the new earth. See, there's a heaven, a new heaven, new earth coming. You right now, I right now, in this decaying, dying, breaking down body, is not ready for that environment. We have to have something happen, to have something transformational take place within us. And that's that resurrection of the believer in Jesus. So understand this, this is all part of the salvation work of Christ. That Christ redeems your soul. Remember back in John chapter 3 as Jesus is talking to this religious leader by the name of Nicodemus. And Nicodemus says, you know, Jesus, how, how, how can I get into the kingdom? Right? How, how can I be in the kingdom of God? And Jesus tells Nicodemus this. He says, you must be, for some of you that know it, what does he say? You must be what? Born again. Born again right? You've you got to be born again. You have to have a spiritual birth. Right? That's one part of your salvation. But the other part of your salvation is God's redeeming your body. That your body now is made new in Christ one day when he comes again. So God is redeeming all of you, not just some of you. He's rescuing all of you. He's making you all new physically, spiritually, to be able to inherit that kingdom, that new heaven, and that new earth. So truth number one is this, that you need a resurrected body. Let me give you the second truth. That second truth is this, death is a defeated enemy. Death is a defeated enemy. Paul says in verse 55, and the way he does it is is almost mocking death because he takes Isaiah 25, 8 and Hosea 13, 14, and he puts them together. And in almost a mocking tone, he says, oh, death, where's your victory? Oh, death, where's your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But verse 57, but Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we, we sang some songs earlier today about, about victory. And I love what, what Pastor Matt said. I don't, if you've been able to be with us through this series in 1 Corinthians 15 that we've called Hope Beyond the Grave, it has felt like Easter every Sunday in here, right? Because all we've been talking about is this resurrection let me talk about is the resurrection of Christ, our resurrection. We've been singing all those Easter-type songs, and we, we sang one this morning. I'm singing in the victory of the cross, resting in the shadow of your redeeming love. I'm standing on the promise, the promise of new life, because I'm yours forever. And Jesus, you're in mine. We're standing in victory. We're singing in victory as believers in Jesus Christ. And he sang that earlier, and I did too, man. I love that song. But when we read 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God who gives us our victory 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. When we sing songs like that, man, we're victorious in Jesus. When you hear me say that right now, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you have victory over death. Let me ask you this. Why does it not feel like victory? Why does it not feel like victory when a spouse dies? One of your grandchildren passes away. A child passes away. A friend passes away. Does it not feel like victory to us in those moments? We can hear about it. We can sing about it. But then when death hits us in the reality of the moment, it does not feel like victory. We're entering into a period of year that last year about this time, I did, I think, in a span of 15 days, 12 funerals of some of our precious, precious, dear church members. In about a span of 15 days, I did 12 funerals of people within our church. And every funeral I do, there's something in me that goes, this isn't right. This isn't normal. This doesn't feel like victory in this moment. Why? Why does death never feel normal to us? Why does it not feel like victory in those moments? We've got to go all the way back to creation. And we need to remember that in God's design, we were not created to die. That God made us to live forever with him, to have perfect relationship with him. And in the Garden of Eden, there was perfect relationship between God and man. And God gave us that command, go, be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth, rule the earth, be worshipers and perfect worshipers of me. And God made Eve to come alongside of Adam and fulfill that commission. And so you had Adam and Eve together. Perfect marriage. Can you imagine that? Imagine a perfect marriage. Man, you got the brisket right every time. Yeah. You put the toilet paper on the roll correct. 100% of the time. Isn't that amazing? Perfect. We can't even fathom it. Because in our marriages, we're like, man, I don't know if I like you in this moment. right? Because you can't put the toilet seat down. Why does it always have to be down? That's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> and I'm going to move off of that. Because I know sometimes my jokes stink. Oh, see, that was bad. Okay. That was bad. I'm really going to move off of that. Don't tell Sandra I told that joke, please. She might be watching the live stream from the children's lobby right now anyway, so I might need a ride home, all right? So if anybody has lunch plans where you need a third, I'll be with you. But in that garden, I mean, it was, it was perfect. Everything was Perfect. But then what happened? Adam's sin, and when Adam's sin, sin came into our world, death came into our world, brokenness came into our world, and now there's that separation between God and man. And now we're separated with God. Now death is a reality for all of us because of sin in our lives. Now our bodies break down. Now we sin against God. We sin against each other. Now we're in this broken state, this dying, decaying state of being death's defeated enemy. But God says, no, I love you so much. And this is what we call the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that the gospel comes into our lives where God says, I love you so much. I don't want you to be defeated by death. 
I don't want you to be separated from me now and for all of eternity in hell because of your sin. I want you with me. I want you in a relationship with me. So I'm going to send my son Jesus into this world to take your sin upon himself. So when they put him in a tomb from dying on a cross for that sin, and it looks like death has won, that Christ has defeated death on the first day of the week, three days after being in that tomb, when the stone was rolled away and Christ walked out of that grave never to die again. Amen? That's the good news of the gospel. And the Bible tells us if you turn from your sin and you turn and you believe in Christ, now you have that promise of victory over death. Now you have that victory over death. But why does it not feel like victory for us right now? And here's why. Because pretty much most graveside services I do for folks if I know they're a believer in Jesus Christ, I'll read this passage. And I'll read 1 Corinthians 15, 57. And I'll say, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I will make this statement. I'll say, for you right now, this doesn't feel like victory. For us, this side of heaven right now, there's pain and mourning and loss and hurt, and it doesn't feel like victory to us. Because all we have is a promise of victory. That's what you and I are carrying today as believers in Jesus Christ, a promise of victory. But for your loved one that has died before you, that was a believer in Jesus Christ, they've moved from a promise to now a fulfillment of a promise. And that's what heaven is. And now today, they know that victory in Jesus. So what that means in your life today is this. That truth you need to hold on to. That truth you need to believe in. So when the referee counts one, two, three, and the match of your life is over, and death stands up, and you stand up, the referee raises your hand as the victor in Jesus. Death is a defeated enemy. But let me give you three actions to take today from this passage. And Paul wraps up this section not only telling us that we need this resurrected body, but death is a defeated enemy. He says in verse 58 this, therefore my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Three actions of verse 58 that we need to live out because we know this truth that we're going to have a resurrected body one day because we are defeated or we are defeating death. We are coming from a position of victory in our lives. He says three actions. First, my brothers and sisters in Christ. He says, my beloved brothers, number one, be steadfast. Be steadfast. Hold on to the gospel. Do not move away from the good news of Jesus. The proof of your salvation, Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2, is not a time you made a decision for Jesus, but it is your daily walk with Christ. Are you holding fast to the gospel? Don't move from it. So he says, hold fast. Secondly, be movable. Be movable. Don't move away from the word of God. Don't get lost in conspiracy theories. Don't let someone drag you away from the word of God. You hold fast to the word. You be movable off of what God's word teaches you as a believer in Jesus Christ. And then he says the third action is this. Keep working for the Lord. Keep serving others. Abound in the work of the Lord. 
knowing that your labor is not in vain. There's one translation that takes the word abounding in the work of the Lord, and I like the way they translate it out. It says, throw yourself into the work of the Lord. Give everything you've got as a believer in Jesus Christ right now into the work of the Lord, serving others. Why? To earn something? No, you've already got everything. To earn victory? No, you're already victorious. But because you're in that position, go and serve the Lord, knowing that everything you do in the name of Jesus is not in vain. It's not empty. You know, I I have um, some hobbies I have in my life. I know some of you have hobbies in your life, whether it's sewing, crocheting, working on cars, and I'm not a mechanical person, so I don't do a whole lot of things with tools. I mean, if I fix the doorknob at my house, I'm strutting around for like a weekend, right? I mean, like, there's anything in my house I use tools to fix. You know, the pride has just really gone through the roof, and I probably entered into the sinful area of pride because, I mean, I'm just, I'm floating, man. I, I use tools today, right? So, so my hobbies are more, you know, working on the pits and, and smoking brisket and pulled pork and making ribs and chicken. I love going to Astros game, watching Astros games, going to movies, reading, hanging out with my family. I mean, those, those are all my hobbies. I just, I love those things. And all of those hobbies are good. And some of those hobbies you guys have are, are good. Playing instruments and crocheting and sewing, working on your cross. Those are all fine. They're good. You need hobbies in your life. But you know this? All those hobbies, they're not eternal. All those things that, yeah, they're good, but they really matter at the end of the day. You know what matters at the end of the day? You know what has eternal impact in the lives of other people? It's serving them in the name of Jesus. It's giving a cup of cold water in the name of Christ, just something as simple as that. It's going out on disaster relief like Gloria is down in Kentucky. It's going over and teaching youth and children the Bible. It's it's teaching in a life group. It's serving in women's ministry, men's ministry, special needs ministry, all those different ways. It's serving someone else in the name of Jesus. And when you do that, Paul says this, it's not in vain. It's not empty. It's going to have a bigger impact than you can ever imagine in your life. And so this morning, from that position of victory, knowing that one day you're going to have a resurrected body, this body that you carried in here today that's hurting and broken, and some of you are already starting to squirm because you're like, man, I've been sitting in this seat for too long and my back's locking up on me. Guess what? You're going to get a new one one day. Isn't that good news? And then good news that death's a defeated enemy? right? And so when we stop and think, man, I don't have to try to beat death in my life. I'm not cheating death in my life. I've already won over death because of what Christ has done for me. So what do we do? We go out and we love people and we lead them to a new life with Christ because that kind of work of loving and leading all people a new life with Christ, it's not in vain. It's not empty. It's not worthless. It has eternal meaning to it. We live in a world that is filled with bad news, but there's good news in the Bible. The good news in the Bible is that Christ Jesus came into this world, died on the cross for my sin, your sin. When they put him in a tomb, three days later, he came back to life, just as he said over and over in the New Testament that he would rise again. And when Jesus came out of the grave, he was able to beat death, to beat sin, to beat Satan, and to beat hell on your behalf and my behalf. But the Bible calls us to do something with that news, not just to hear it, not even just to say it's good, 
but to embrace it, to believe in it. And when you place your faith and your trust in Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, then the Bible says you are saved. You are saved from the penalty of your sin, which is hell. You are saved from the power of sin in your life. And one day when you die, God will take you to heaven and you will be saved from the presence of sin for all of eternity. You know, our mission here at Heights is to get that good news out. We say that we want to love people and lead them to a new life with Christ. And I want to give you an opportunity right now to place your faith, your trust in Jesus, to have your sins forgiven for everything you have done that you will do in your life. Jesus can forgive you. And so the way that we communicate with God is through prayer. And just right where you are, if you're ready today to start a relationship with Christ, you can pray along with me. And let's pray together. Dear God, I know I need Jesus, and I'm ready to place my faith and trust in Him. Thank you, Lord, for saving me through the work of Jesus. Amen. You know, friend, if you've prayed that prayer today, we'd love to connect with you. You know, the Bible says the next step of faith is baptism. And baptism does not save you. That's what Jesus does. But baptism shows that you're a believer. It declares you're a believer. You know, I have a wedding ring on on my hand here. And, and that wedding ring doesn't, you know, make me married. It shows I'm married. And that's what baptism is about in the life of the believer in Jesus Christ to proclaim that you now believe in Jesus in your life. And so we'd love to know if you've prayed along with us to start a relationship with Christ, if you need to be baptized as a believer, or if you have prayer requests. And what you can do is go to heightschurch.org connect. Heightschurch.org connect. We'd love to be able to connect with you there. I want to thank you so much for watching today's message. We'd love to see you in person if you're able to make it here on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. or watch us online at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at our Heights YouTube page or our Heights Facebook page. So again, until next time, I hope you have a great week and God bless.